What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. And I am Ben. We are here to bring you our opinions and our news notes and happenings around the world of sports. Uh, been a little bit of a hiatus uh, after the holidays. Whatever's been going around really, really kicked my ass personally. Uh, been down and out for a couple of weeks. Ben's, uh, I was the hold up, but Ben himself hasn't been feeling too good. And uh, finally went to a doctor, a third doctor I went to, finally gave me medicine. Go figure, huh? There you go. Go figure that one. I went to two of them. They told me I wasn't sick, and I'm like, I've had massive, massive ear problems, like, since right. I was a child. Kind of went away a little bit in, like, my mid, my, my teens and early 20s and everything, but it, it came back a little bit the last couple of years. And I'm like, I know myself. There's something up. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Take some Flonase. <laughs> I'm like, okay. There yeah. You go. Went to a specialist. She's like, yeah, you have a massive inner ear infection. I'm like, oh, well, good thing. You want to actually be a doctor. So <laughs> that's one of the reasons for that hit is I literally couldn't put a pair of headphones on and I couldn't even hear out of my right ear, if I get my directions correct, right ear, uh, for the better part of the last month. But it's all getting better now, thanks to that modern marvel known as amoxicillin. Uh, so, oh, I mean, if, if, if we're going to talk about something going on, I guess I should talk about one thing that has changed since, yeah, the last time we uh, we had a podcast. Go nuts, dude. Floor is yours. I, I am... I am... In new parts unknown. Uh, Undisclosed location in Northeast. Yes, but um, different location now. Uh, in a comfortable setting of my own place. Uh, currently on the market. and um, Ladies, maybe on, maybe, just saying. Hey, hey. I, I mean, I'm taking my time, but you never know. <laughs> never know. Something pops up. We'll see what happens. But um, no. Oh, good for you, buddy. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, yeah. And as somebody who has uh, known you for uh, seventh grade, uh, it great. is good. Hard to watch you in a bad spot, and very good to see you doing better. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very happy about. We're good. So, so hopefully, um, with the change, and you know, as long as you're uh, healthy and I'm healthy, um, we should be able to come out here more consistently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, going forward and um, hopefully uh, get back on track from where we were probably two, two and a half years ago. We'll call it the before time. The before time. Before yeah. time. If you, if you do the math, if you set up the line, uh, the, the, the timeline, you can kind of, you can kind of do uh, the math there and, and see what we're talking about. So two and uh, a half BK. BK. <laughs> those, those who get that, get that. Those who don't as well. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Hey, not everything can be get... not everything can be open and out in the open. So that's right. That's right. Well, I mean, we can we can start talking about the past and uh, looking forward to the future. Um, starting with this weekend. Yeah, man, conference championship games. Uh, one of the best weekends of the year. Hopefully, you get two really solid football games. Uh, you know, we're gonna get in a little bit. We're gonna talk a lot about obviously the championship games and how we think the rest of the season is gonna play out in the <laughs> NFL. Uh, but we're we'll get a little bit into uh the playoffs at this point because there were some surprises and just straight up no shows um, from teams that we thought were better than they were or that didn't play as good as we thought they could and uh there's been a bit of a change with our team so yeah we're gonna fanboy out for a little bit we're gonna we're gonna be homers for a few minutes and discuss the state of the patriots um and uh so where do you want to start do you want to do you want to go to conference first do you want to save that for last um I guess I guess what we can talk about just kind of like a quick, a quick two minute, two three minutes, 
between the wild card round, the division round, what surprised you and what disappointed you, Chris? Uh, what surprised me uh, was just, I mean, uh, we are in the wild card. Make sure I get the right. Okay, right one's here. Yeah, you can kind of put them both together. What, like one thing yeah. that kind of surprised you? Um, the Bills, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Dolphins, uh, these teams that come out with so much bravado and they talk so much throughout the year and they make such a big deal out of everything. And, and, and all these pundits are, oh, these teams are so much better, especially especially with our team struggling. Our team was bad this year. I'm not trying to make any excuses. Our Patriots were a bad team. But everybody kind of like, oh, see how much better the Dolphins are than the Patriots ever were or how much better the Bills are than the Patriots ever were. And they're going to do this. They're going to do that. You know what they didn't do? They didn't win in the playoffs. They didn't win a ring. The Bills have wide right round two. Uh, <laughs> and I got to tell you, man, um, that look, no matter who won, America won. And no matter who lost, America lost. Because either we have to deal with the Bills another week who we're not going to go and beat the Ravens. That wasn't going to happen. No. Um, we'll obviously talk about the Chiefs' chances in a, in a little bit. But they weren't going to beat the Ravens. Dolphins were going to be the Ravens. Uh, Dolphins didn't even get out of the first round because they played in the cold, and all of a sudden, this super team couldn't go five yards downfield and catch a pass. Uh, you got another another Bills loss where Stefan Diggs absolutely no shows. Uh, all these guys that talk so much, even Micah Parsons down in Dallas. I love Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is an amazing player, and obviously a candidate for the Defensive Player of the Year, and probably will be every year for the next ten years. Talk a lot. And he got all this stuff, and he's got his own podcast, and he goes on and gives his opinion on everything that happened during their game the following day, which is kind of odd, honestly, but it is what it is. It's the age we live in. That defense didn't show up. That defense did not show up at all. Uh, I mean, against the Packers, who were 9-8, and eight, and they had no knock to the Packers, but not exactly offensive juggernauts. And that Cowboys defense was monsters all year. And they just crap out on the first round of the playoffs. Dolphins offense on fire. Crap out. Uh, I mean, Bills, they won to beat the Steelers without TJ Watt. And then, again, at home, all the crap they talked, as they always do. And what do you know? They got to stay home. I mean, how much you heard the Ravens talk? Not not a whole oh, lot. That's right, because they're a professionally run organization with grown adults in charge. <laughs> right. A guy by the name of uh, uh, John Harbaugh. John, I always get him confused. John, Jim's Michigan, right? Jim is Michigan. Jim is, trust okay. me, I know. Okay. I know Jim is Michigan. I know, I know. I know you would know, but I was making sure I had it. And yeah. yeah, John. Uh, John Harbaugh. I mean, uh, amazing coach, well run franchise, and it's not to say these other teams I mentioned were great teams, but um, they are obviously really good. But if you want to be better than that, you have to win in the postseason. And there's a lot of talking and not a whole lot of winning going on from a lot of these teams. And the Eagles aren't aren't <laughs> without guilt there either. I stayed with the Eagles as much as I don't like that franchise. Uh, right. And as much as I'm, I can, as a Patriots fan, our our our, our fan bases are not uh, sitting down for uh, Christmas dinner together. Uh, but I. Hey, this is a good team. They're going to get back on track. And what do they do? They went and they just completely flopped against right. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. 
You're the one seed? You kidding me? I I I I don't know. That's my biggest that's my biggest takeaway. Uh well you, you, I I guess you kind of covered a lot, so I'm gonna go ahead and there's like two that you didn't hit on that I think need to be brought up. Mm-hmm. And you kind of touched on one, and that was uh, uh Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Tampa Bay showed showed us something mm-hmm. that maybe they got something cooking down there with uh, Baker, um, and even in the the divisional round, like they didn't just go away against Detroit because Detroit was a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. They they didn't go away. They 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 made a statement. They said, and Baker kind of made a statement that he's the starting quarterback and. If you look at the numbers, which is crazy to think, Tom Tom's last year with Tampa Bay, Baker had a little better numbers than than Tom did. Yeah, it produced a playoff team, albeit you know, I know, everyone out there knows, even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers know that division is trash. Mm-hmm. But but they won enough games, they got in the playoffs. They beat the Eagles, you know they're they're cooking something, and they've um, Todd Bowles already came out and said they want to resign Baker Mayfield. So it'll be interesting to see what to do with that. Plus Mike Evans being a free agent, so I like I like what Tampa Bay's cooking down there. I just don't know what what the future is going to be. The advantage that they have over all the other teams at the division, it's they can carry over that continuity that they've they've, they've kind of grown in, in uh, this this past season. And the second team, and I think you'll agree with this. And I think I know look, you're going to say, but I, I I you probably know what I'm going to say, and, and and it it half pains me to say this, but I did call it out. I did state this from the beginning. Is that Houston made the right yep. pick? Yep. And I'll be interested to see what they do in this offseason. Now they they won their wild card round and smoke. I, I, I mean they smoked Cleveland and the the Joe Flacco redemption tour kind of just came to a puttering end. But fun while it lasted. But fun, yeah, absolutely. no Flacco, no Flacco, Mark. But it was it was still kind of fun to see the old dude go out there and. Slinging around a little bit, and then and then they went up against Baltimore and they got shook. Like it, it was clear they went into that stadium. The pre-snap penalties on offense and defense for the Texans was astronomical, and it's hard to it's hard to get the offense clicking, especially in the second half. The second half is where Baltimore just put it on. So good for good for Bol- Lamar and Baltimore to kind of just mm-hmm. take control of that game. If I'm every other team in that division and then eat and expand that out to the rest of the conference, I'm looking at Houston like they – I know they have Tank Dell coming back, and he, he had a good rookie season, and they have Nico Collins. And Nico, Nico Collins is a beast. That guy is so, – So you remember what I said? I said I think they're going to pull one of those moves for a receiver. Mm-hmm. I kind of was peeking around. I was looking at what was available, and it it really pins down to, I think, three guys. It's 
T. Higgins and Mike Evans are free agents this year. And then uh, Chris Godwin's a free agent next year. There is another guy, but I don't really – I don't remember who it is, but I didn't take it seriously. Now, there could always be a sleeper, you know. And you're talking for Houston, right? For Houston, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who oh, thought Tyreek Tyree Hill would have got traded? But I think because T. Higgins is a unrestricted free agent, there's there's potential there for for them to go get T. Higgins and make him their number one. Is he the answer? I don't know. I got, I, I know, uh, dude. I got it. <laughs> Other than that, Chris, I, I, I mean, I would, I would look at Brandon Ayuk too, but I don't know if he's mm. number one. So I don't know. Pulling him from San Francisco and and make, giving him number one money is going to be the answer. But Houston's lining some lining themselves up to kind of just add pieces and make them that much better and. You got the transition going on in, in Tennessee. You have the indecision in Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Are are they, are we, are we, is Jacksonville just going to continue to be the team where they build up to a certain point, disappoint, and then regress? And that just yep. might be the, the cycle. It, 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 I'm not even talking about. The recent history with with you know the the uh, Jan, Jalen Ramsey kind of era, that you got to go back to Mark Brunell. Oh yeah. yeah, they 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 got to this this point, and it's just like yeah, we can almost get to the championship game, or we get to the AFC championship game, and then we just kind of we kind of fall back and and just they're not good enough. So it I I will find it very interesting to see. What pieces Houston adds this offseason because it's going to dictate how the next two to three years is going to be for them because it's that rookie contract period for the Texans. And they made the aggressive moves in the draft. They went and got CJ. They drafted Anderson. They made the the rest of the draft was just hit, 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 hit. Can they do it a second draft? Can they go into this offseason and make a couple of veteran moves? Maybe bring back DeAndre Hopkins if that trade is out there. If you feel like Nico and and, and, uh, Tank Dell are, are the answer at number one and two. I, I just find that team very interesting. They they surprised where they were. I was disappointed that they didn't quite finish off the season strong. Cause but Baltimore, Baltimore, man, that, that's that's a skip. When Lamar is going, and he's unstoppable, and that defense. You know that defense, man. That's, yeah, that defense yeah. is 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 out, out outstanding. And so it, it was a tall it was a tall hill to climb, and if if we're talking about Miami, uh, we're talking about Houston. Uh, let's pin down. There was one more team that I was like, really kind of echoed that same sentiment I'm about to say, and I think it was, uh, maybe it was just those and and Philadelphia. 
you kind of need that home home field. Mm-hmm. I think I think it affect Miami the most is that. Oh, that they is need yeah. they need that home field. They needed that home field throughout the playoffs. You need to win one seed because Baltimore now is comfortably at home. Uh, now Casey, but Casey, Casey, I think I feel like Casey plays in a weather that they're okay with going wherever. Yeah, yeah. Because Kansas City is never going to be mistaken for Miami. So uh, I think when you're looking at Miami, you're looking at those Southern or Dome teams, they need that comfort of home to be able to establish their offense. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Miami, Miami, especially Miami. Like We, we know Miami on a, a year-in-and-out basis. They come up to New England in December. I don't care what's going on. It's just like when we go down there and it's in uh, whether it's September, October, yeah, November, exactly. December. Like, it's always go down there. Yeah. It's it's a it's a tall 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 order for us because the weather <clears> changed. So if if Miami's serious, if they're serious about making that next step, because they're getting to that point where they need to make that next step. You gotta really start winning some games and dominating yeah, your yeah. division. Dominate your division because they've lost a couple of those games, and make make it clear that you are the number one team. Not just throw up seventy points on Denver in September and and proclaim yourself, you know, God's gift to the earth. Yeah, I got but, I, I got a few. Uh, we'll move on to the championship games. I just want a few yeah. real quick hits. I hundred percent agree with you. Uh, the Texans. Uh, it's almost like they have a really, really good GM who the team he was at before should not have let him go because they could really use him right now. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Nick Cassero used to be the GM or a high-ranking official anyways in the Patriots organization. Yep. And uh, probably due to some of the reasons of not being able to have enough control for his position, uh, probably decided to go to Houston where he has uh, taken the Deshaun Watson mess, which was a stain and a scar on that team, shipped him away, Got a king's ransom for someone who shouldn't have been worth the, the the paper the contract was printed on, and has rebuilt this organization in short order to something that these fans can be genuinely excited about. And I'll say the same: uh, they, the the Packers didn't uh, struggle to the lengths of Texans in the last couple of years, but the Packers organization saying goodbye to Aaron Rodgers, and that's after saying goodbye to Brett Favre years years earlier. You have two Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. As you're, you know, at, at under center, and then you have Jordan Love, who you were so wishy-washy and back and forth on. The fact that the kid came out and played the way he played this year improved that. Yeah, he might not be Patrick Mahomes, who is, well, maybe Lamar Jackson. We'll find out. Right. Um, uh, you know, but I mean, he is a solid quarterback. Who, uh, if you're a Packers fan, you have a lot of reason to be excited about this team going forward. Um, and my only thing I would say is. Uh, this is where the consistency comes in. Because remember, two years ago, we were saying these things about the Buffalo Bills. We were saying these things last year about the Miami Dolphins. We were saying these things last year also about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who went on a run late in the season and came in and damn near made it to the AFC Championship game. Right. Uh, or did they? No, no, almost. Did they play? Yeah, almost. Um, so, yeah, it's great. And it's exciting. But... This is the level where good teams become great teams, become legendary teams, become champions. Because right. you can be good. 
you can be a great regular season quarterback. Looking at you, Philip Rivers. Uh, and I'm not, that's not even honestly a dig, dude. He was a great regular season quarterback. Playoffs came around, and the team around him wasn't really built for the playoffs, despite having some stars on it from time to time, especially like LT, how much I don't like him. You hell of a player. Um, you have to win. You have to win in the postseason. You can talk all you want. Like you said, Miami can go score 70 on Denver in 80 degree weather, but. Then it gets really, really hard in the postseason, and you you barely put up seven in Kansas City against a team that realistically, on paper, pound for pound, you're more talented than. Miami, talent-wise, is a better football team. Uh, And they didn't get it done because there's more to it than just on paper, obviously, and the Chiefs are an organization and a team that knows how to win and knows how to play as a team, and they have to. Uh, So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's... Now's the point because this is for the Houston's and the Detroit's and 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 and, and I'd say even to an extent the Cleveland's. Uh, yeah, you had something to look forward to this year. You made the postseason. You won a good amount of games. You had a nice run. Build on it and win, or none of it matters. Right. No, you're right. There so, is, there's a there is a funny commonality. Uh, what's Chris. that? Uh, I sent it to I sent it to my uh, my my friend who's a 49ers fan. Um, <laughs> it, it it's the Green Bay Packer quarterback, and and you can you can put in Jordan Love, you can put in Aaron Rodgers, or you can put Brett Favre in. It, the meme is they own the Bears, they own the Cowboys in the playoffs, and they get they get beat by the 49ers in the playoffs. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, all three, all, th- all three of them. Yep. So yep. Uh, Jordan, Jordan has that opportunity to kind of, you know, kick that in the rear end, but we'll see. We'll see. So you want to, uh, get to the championship games next? Do you want to go to, okay. So let's go this Sunday, this Sunday, 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 as we were talking to you and I'm saying this because I am trying to pull up the correct screen and I am stalling. Uh, here we go. (laughs) I know who the teams are. I just wanted to get this other numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, we have the AFC and NFC championship games. Uh, we have the uh, Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Baltimore Ravens. That is going to be at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the Detroit Lions, they have a lot to say about them, uh, against the San Francisco 49ers in San Fran at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. Um, man, I, <laughs> one and three versus one and three. Both one seeds make it. Um, I, they're four really good teams. Obviously, uh, all so different though, and how they how they do things and how they win. How? Not what your football knowledge tells you, not what anything. Where? What in your gut? Before we start talking, before we get to like more, just just right out the gate. Yep. Who do you think is going to win the AFC championship and why? Oh, it's it, the AFC is going to be a. Uh... The Ravens, like yeah, they, yeah. They, Lamar. This almost seems like the year of Lamar. Yeah, that's what it's that's what it's looking like right now, folks. Like he's he's like, did he play great in the divisional game? He didn't play great, except when he needed to, just like Brock Purdy, and he utilized his legs when he needed to. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the key is like 
this is the time if you, if you're the the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, you're like, Lamar, this is this is your time. This is where we're just gonna say, hey, go for it, because he got his bag. He is all set with with for life, uh, especially since he has no agent. Uh, well, he does. It's his mom. So still love that. Plus for him, um, this is his opportunity because. I'll tell you right now, like we've talked about the Texans, it, it, it's it's not going to be easy roads in the AFC going forward. It's they, they, There's teams that are going to get better, and you have to take every opportunity you can get. And Mahomes and the Chiefs right now, they're in a spot because their offensive weapon is Patrick Mahomes and... I know he's still productive, but Travis Kelsey at minimum right now is is plateaued. Some could argue he is on the decline. It's not going to get much better uh, for tra- Travis Kelsey. Like you're not going to see prime tra- Travis Kelsey anymore. So this this might be currently the best Chiefs team you're going to see. Uh, with the for with the kind of the foundation of Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, um, they're gonna have to make some changes. Oh yeah, yeah. No and way, Chris he, Jones comes back next year. No, he because no, there, there's there's no way. And that contract for for Patrick is is getting worse and worse. So you're gonna have that whole rework that have to come happen just to kind of make some make some moves to either bolster your defense or you're going to need some receiving help because I, I think it's Rasheed Rice is promising. But other than that, like, they, and as I, Isaiah Pachenko is, is nice, but he's, he has that little injury ding up kind of issue going on as being a sleight of frame kind of guy. You don't really want to put him in the, the fire 15 20 rushes a game so i think for ravens you just you just have to go he's got that mentality like this is his time go for it put it all on the line you have some receiving help zay Jones, zay flowers is like playing out of his mind and and it seems like that was the perfect receiver they needed to get to really link up with with lamar and there's an outside chance that they're going to get Mark Mark Andrews back. So on top of whatever really? what you've been Sunday? doing, there's an outside chance. Wow. I, I, I don't know if it's concrete. Um, uh, no, yet I think I the last time I saw it was like yesterday or the day before. Like Andrews has an outside chance of playing. So if they get him back, like now now you're even in better shape. I I just don't see a scenario where the Ravens lose because their defense is their defense is playing like their hair's on fire. And Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, that defensive line. Yeah. yeah. They are they're attacking. They're attacking. And they they shook CJ Stroud last week. They can do the same thing to 
Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because uh, Joe Tooney is is iffy right now. That's 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 a big piece for that deep, that offensive line for for Kansas City. So. Right, but I don't know. I don't think I don't think you're going to shake Patrick Mahomes the same way you're going to shake a rookie quarterback. His greatest round was this year, and he should be the rookie of the year. I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. I think it comes down to like you said, has the weapons around him kind of plateaued to the point where, as long as you can contain him, which. The Ravens do have the speed on defense, as we know. You just mentioned yeah. it. Patrick Wayne, Roquan Smith. I mean, those guys can keep him from you – know, you don't think of Mahomes as a scrambler much, but he, he can move, and he really hurts you if he gets going. Right. And, yeah, I, I, I just think – I think it's – I, I absolutely think the Ravens win this game. Uh, the Chiefs have the ability to, obviously. They're here, and they find a way to win because great teams with great players find a way to win. Uh, I did say it before, though. Um, number one, I love Lamar Jackson. I've always been partial to Lamar. You and I have both always liked Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think it's yeah. amazing to see him go out there, stick up for himself, get his money, and then go out there in that same season, more than likely win the MVP award and have a chance to take his team to a Super Bowl. Like, that's as an organization in Baltimore, when you put that money down and you sign those huge checks, that's what you do it for. That's what you want. So Lamar not only sticking to his own principles, yeah. sticking with the team, not letting that get too bitter, being an adult, everybody getting together and going, this is what's best for all parties involved, has probably made Baltimore the front runners in the AFC for the next several years, obviously injuries permitting. The Chiefs are going to have to change some things uh, because down the road with a big contract, the Ravens are running the same problem the Chiefs are running into and the same problem the Bills are running into and the same problem all the $400 million quarterback teams are running into. Can't sign everybody and you got a quarter of your salary cap locked up in one player for the next 10 years. Uh, that's tough. So let them win now before the salary, the yearly percentage gets too high. And uh, you'll see where they can go. I don't think the Chiefs are done by any means. They're not a terrible team, but there's going to be changes. We saw it this year. They didn't dominate the way they have in the past because they don't have the caliber players because Mahomes is getting into the big ticket years of his contract. And it's going to cost them Chris Jones and probably some other talent. And who are they really going to be able to bring in? They draft reasonably well. So that's, you know, uh, they've had some receivers that definitely look like they could come around. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I absolutely go with uh, the Ravens here. Uh, I think it's Lamar's year. I think he wins the MVP. I think they go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't actually think this game is that close, truthfully. <laughs> I think I can easily see this being like a, and again, everybody's like, oh, the Chiefs, this and that, this and that. Look at the Chiefs. Look at them the past couple of years. Look at them this year. I'm sorry if it's uncomfortable for everybody to say this, but they are not the dominant offense and the dominant team they were a couple of years ago. It just isn't it. And Baltimore has the ability to put up points in a hurry. And uh, I think I think they win this by two or three scores easily. Um I just think it's it's Baltimore's I think it's Baltimore's year, honestly. Uh I know we're gonna differ with that when it comes to the big game, but uh I got Baltimore here. And in the NFC, as much as as much as I would love to say, for those of us for those longtime listeners who who uh remember Sport Corps and, and the worst uh the worst organizations in sports, Ben chose the Philadelphia 76ers. I chose the Detroit Lions because time and time again they stepped on their own foot. Uh they they, they couldn't get out of their own way made terrible choices and they still went in there despite 
all those failures and all those years of struggling and, and, and misery from the team and the fan base, they found their coach. They got their quarterback. They, they, they drafted some defensive players. And this is a genuinely exciting team that has a lot to prove and it has proved a lot already. And, uh, man, if you're a Lions fan, you probably, you have to be elated with this. Um, do I think they beat the Niners? No, I don't. Uh, I have nothing against San Fran, but I'd love to see it just for the story. To have Detroit and Baltimore. That'd be, that'd be my ideal Super Bowl. Honestly, I, I'd love to see it. But realistically, you saw both the Ravens and the Niners shake off a little early rust from the bye week this past week. Yeah. Did what they had to do. They won. Now they're ready to go. They're both focused. And I think they're going to take care of business. And we're going to have a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. But, uh, that Lions Ravens match would be really fun because either you see the Lions win the Super Bowl or Lamar gets his ring. So it's like either way, you kind of can't be mad at it. Uh, I, I only said half of my statement before about the Chiefs Bills game, where no matter who won, we won, and who lost, we lost. Either got to deal with the Bills bragging another week about not really winning anything, or we have to deal with uh, Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift and uh, uh, shots in a luxury box every time Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey do anything. So. Uh, Lamar, man, we've always supported you. Please save us from this. Please save us, save America. Nobody needs yes. to see those two attention hounds anymore. Nobody cares. Uh, just please, Lamar, do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do. And and I always supported you, always been a fan. Yeah, seven to play on my team. Uh, America needs you, Lamar. Put your cape on, dude. Put your cape on. Get it done, man. Get it done. Yes, yes, and and I, the the network television outlets are also complicit in this. Uh, oh, they're horrendous. They're terrible. Mahomes, Swift, just skybox crap. That I look. I'm not. I, I look. I don't. I don't want the Swifties to jump all over. Okay. I, I, I don't. I don't care. I don't care. At Ben and Chris um, Talk Sports. That Gmail dot com. But but look, you you can go and support your uh, your uh, your man, and if that's what we got to call this situation. <laughs> uh, um, but can we can we I just just calm down with with uh, panning to the freaking box, please? Just 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 calm it down. I will actually say, in the interest of fairness, because I do like to be consistent. I actually mm-hmm. cannot blame her for all that because she is simply there watching the game. Yes. And and it is the networks that are just constantly forcing her down our throat. So it's, I, I don't, I don't, it's not a personal problem. I don't care no. if Swifties are happy or unhappy. I don't give a damn, whatever. Um, some 15 year old girl with a charm bracelet, what's she going to do? Um, but like, I, I don't have nothing against her, but like, I'm tired of seeing it. But that, again, not her fault. She's a celebrity. Well, She's I mean, famous. I, She's one of the most famous people in the entire world. And they're gonna point at her a lot. I just don't want to see it anymore. I'm tired of it. Kelsey catches the ball, and we got to watch three minutes of her celebrating in the skybox. It's like, dude, enough. <laughs> I like, get it. I will say, I will say, Chris. There's a there's always a possibility that uh, there was a, a back alley handshake agreement between Taylor Swift and the network television. I will. I, oh, I will put that yeah. out there as a conspiracy possibly. theory. Um. And just to be clear, so we're consistent, like she's she's screwing for a little bit of attention, just like Brittany Mahomes did, just like uh, 
don't know if you caught this, Chris. Um, just like Jake Browning's uh, girlfriend did a couple weeks ago in her little uh, her little outfit that uh, caught the attention of uh, social media no. for about two two or three hours. You didn't catch that? No, no. I will I will I will instruct you or I will send you a link. Uh, she she grabbed the attention and it was. 100 percent on purpose uh what she did so uh do with that information what you will uh i applaud her for what she did um it's very obvious that she was grabbing the attention uh anyway the 49ers will absolutely win this weekend um it, look i i I have a coworker who's a 49ers fan. Um, there's a very prominent figure at my workplace that is a Detroit Lions fan. And I want to have solidarity with him because he's also happens to be a Michigan Wolverines fan. And obviously he, you know, look, the guy's going for, uh, you know, two championships in one year. How often, Chris, does that happen where you have two teams Go out and win championships in the same year. Uh, three that I remember. It, three for us, I believe. Well, well yeah, four uh, for you, man. More, even more for you, because you're a, you're a Bruins and Celtics fan. Dude, you yeah, follow that. I I don't really follow hockey or basketball, but but yeah, you're you're right. You're right. We're a little spoiled, so yeah, we have that. Um, but being that he's a Lions fan, obviously, <laughs> it's been a it's been a tough road. So I want to support him, but. Um, <laughs> One of my good friends is a 49ers fan, and I just don't, you know, and, and just looking at that team, and and honestly, the hate that Brock Purdy gets, it's it's crazy, bothers me too. Oh, it's just, nuts, totally undeserved. I mean, the dude just does his job. Like, leave him alone. Damn. And McAfee went out there yesterday and just lambasted anyone who wants to throw hate on on Brock Purdy. Yeah, I don't get it. Presented facts, and it was. It, it was chapter and verse how you should defend Brock Purdy. And here's the other caveat. Like, like it's his second season. Uh-huh. It's his second season. Okay. Let's 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 put that in perspective, folks, because I I, I, I want to give CJ Stroud props for what he did. And he he's a rookie and he got his team in the divisional round. That's a great job. Jordan Love's been in the league for three or four years, and he just got his first start. And he made it, he got the divisional round. And people were, hey, great job. You know, Jordan Love showed that, you know, he can play. He didn't get questioned. And Jordan Love's been in the league longer than him. And I don't see a lot of vitriol for the Bills and their I know, I know Josh tried to do a lot. But it's the same chapter and verse. I didn't get us. I didn't see a lot of hate for Tua, but you know the Miami Dolphins kind of just puttered away. Um, I, I mean, you can. We know what the Cowboys fans did to Dak. Obviously, they're in full like. But even Jalen Hurts, same like, roughly the same amount of starts, and him and his team just went out and laid an egg Bombs. and just did nothing so like we try to preach consistency this guy has been in the league been in the league for 
two seasons. He was the last pick in the draft. I'm sorry. It's he's doing the job you need him to do. Does he have exceptional talent? Absolutely. But there are quarterbacks who will go out there and have exceptional talent. And mm-hmm. what will they do? Nothing. Nothing. Not you win championships, not make it to the NFC championship two years in a row. Look what Jake Browning did with the Bengals. And he was put in a situation where he came in halfway through the season. And he got inserted in the offense. And they they had to change it a little bit. But he had the talent. But what did he do with the talent? He started to produce. When he didn't have enough talent, he didn't quite make it as far. I'll you, just, you just, you just got to give the guy a little breathing room. That's my, that's my opinion. Give him a little oh, breathing dude, room. 100%. I'll make a different argument. I don't think there's any breathing room to give him. I think he's been 100% fine. He's done exactly what they've asked him to do. Like he's, he, Oh, he has too much talent around him, so he's not good if he doesn't have that. Does he have the numbers he has? Maybe not. Does he struggle? Maybe. But you know what he is? He's smart, and he's capable. Yep. And am I going to say he's going to go on a team with the, if he's on a Patriots this year? They're in the AFC Championship. Of course not. You need talent around you too. But everyone is talent around them. That's the whole point. Right. That's why the Chiefs are struggling more than they have the last couple of years. That's you know it, it's it's, and the thing is, like, you, if like when the Lions won a few years ago, Lions, <laughs> Stafford. <laughs> when the Rams won a few years ago, uh, it was Stafford and Cup. They both had great years. Yep. It stayed relatively injury free. They both played. You couldn't stop the combination. It was fine. And then injuries happen and it breaks down. And it's, you know, in the Super Bowl, they almost let it go uh, because Jalen Ramsey could not cover uh, anybody. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't for Aaron Donald in that line. They wouldn't have done it. But <sighs> you knew where they were going. And it was kind of a one trick pony, honestly. Right. CMC can have a big day. Kittle can have a big day. Ayuk uh, said some big days. Debo can take it over. You know who's under center directing all that? Brock Purdy. He's doing exactly what they're asking him to. And for anybody to give him crap because he's not Josh <laughs> Allen or Patrick Mahomes or anybody. Yeah, you know what most of those guys are doing? Watching on Sunday. He's still right. there. So you know what? Our team needs a quarterback. If everybody's unhappy with Brock Purdy, Let's call up San Fred and see what they want for him. Because I'd happily have him under center starting next Absolutely. year with a competent coaching staff in place and a little bit of talent around him. I would absolutely build a team around Brock Purdy at quarterback. And uh, anyone who who thinks this guy doesn't have it isn't watching the same game. Well, and they're building this team around a rookie quarterback contract. I like a very, very generous rookie quarterback contract. So, John Lynch is taking this. This is what teams with rookie quarterbacks in these contracts need to be doing. Need to do. Yep. That's why I brought up the type the, the the Texans. Like, yep. They have to take an opportunity right now and put themselves in a position where they can really maximize. It's and we'll get to this. It's kind of what the Patriots didn't do. They didn't maximize their time with the rookie quarterback contract. And it yeah. just, it, it, it speaks to the structure of how you, how you want to formulate your team. And well, Brock Purdy has two more, two more seasons under this contract. 
they'll probably give him a contract extension. Maybe they'll give him a contract this this offseason. Maybe they'll wait until next offseason. But regardless, like they're they're putting themselves in this position because yep. Again, it's scouting. They scouted. Brock Purdy did not play great at Iowa State. He did not. They identify him. Hey, this guy can work in our offense. Yep. He's got the skills we want. And in case this first round quarterback has picks to move up for doesn't work out, we got this guy we got in the seventh round that, eh. And now, can you, you imagine this team with the talent? That they probably gave up to move up to get the Trey Lance pick. Yeah, if they had that talent, uh, that 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 offense, that draft capital, talent wise on their roster right now, on top of Brock Purdy, right, dude. I mean, this is a dangerous team as it is. Um, but we are talking about teams in transition, so I think we need to get to uh, our, our final topic of the day, which is our team. Of course, we are New England Patriots fans. And uh, what since we last talked to you, the Patriots uh, and uh, longtime head coach and uh, a great Hall of Fame coach, you know, multiple, multiple time over Super Bowl champion, six of the Patriots, two as an assistant with the Giants. Guy's got eight rings on his hand, only needs a few for the thumbs. Uh, you know, Belichick, as the, they departed ways, um, as a fan, it's kind of, I'm always excited to see new things, like what's going to happen now. I'm very happy they put Gerard Mayo in that position. I think he's going to do a fine job. We're going to have an actual structure, a front office structure, uh, you know, maybe not all at once, but it's going to go more towards a more normal organizational build uh, instead of kind of flying by the seat of the pants like they kind of seem to do under Belichick. Because when Belichick and Brady were together, it's just all you needed, (laughs) honestly. And you made it work. And not all you need. Obviously, you needed a defense and things. But, I mean, you made it work. Um, I, I I hate to see him go. I got no, 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 nothing bad to say about Coach Belichick, man. I appreciate everything he did. Uh, and uh, I'd say, uh, as a, a fan of Northeastern sports, uh, mainly the Red Sox and Patriots, the three guys uh, that directly, directly caused me so many happy moments as a fan. Yeah. And as uh, a, a, a just so many memorable parties and events and and World Series get-togethers and everything, you got Bill Belichick, you got Tom Brady, you got David Ortiz. That trifecta right there is responsible for so many great memories over the past twenty-something years. And uh, uh, nothing but love and gratitude. Wish him the best. Um, let everyone take their shots at him now. Who cares? People are always people are always going to try to step on you when you're down. This man knows what he's accomplished. Fans of the game know what he's accomplished. People who play the game know what he's accomplished. And, uh, you know, if he wants to coach more, hopefully he does. Um, and uh, I hope if he ever returns to Gillette in, in, in a capacity as the opposing coach, I hope he is uh, cheered cheered heavily because he, he deserves that much. And this organization isn't where it got to without him. So, right. But yeah. – very happy about Gerard Mayo and the way he's building his staff and the way he's coming out and being a little bit more assertive, saying the team is going to spend, the team is going to be competitive, and we're going to get talent. Uh, it's kind of a nice change of pace because Bill was a little tight-lipped sometimes, and while you don't need all your business out in the open, um, it, it is a little bit reassuring to fans to hear you say things like that when you've struggled on offense for many years. 
And Chris, I think the direct quote is they're going to burn some cash. Yeah, we got some cash to burn. Yeah, I like the fact I like the fact their new head coach is like, I'm just gonna go out in the store and just buy a couple of receivers, you know, whatever. We got money to burn. Like And they and they do. They have like 70 million in cap space. They're prime to really position themselves. Here's here's where I'm concerned, Chris. And you can tell me if if I'm out in left field on my own or you agree with this. Okay. And maybe they'll change their stance and maybe they have changed a little bit. The GM hire not really seeming like they're pressing to get that done anytime in the near future where even the comment was made by Robert Kraft that it may not even be made by draft time. And that is what kind of stuck with me a little bit because yeah we're we're, we got the third the third pick in the draft if you're a gm chris if if they're hiring you and you could have had the third pick in the draft you didn't get it because he didn't hire you at that time and now you're saddled with whatever third pick they got whether you like it or not you kind of feel some sort of way because you didn't make, get to make that pick, and then your future is going to be held in the hands of a guy, a talented player probably, but not the guy you picked. Well, and that is going to, and that's going to be yeah. a Gerard Mayo pick or a front office team that is constructed of. I like Bill. I love Bill Belichick, but these are Bill Belichick guys that are in place to sort of make the decision right now on free agency and draft. And if I'm the GM, I'm coming in. My first statement is going to be free agency and that third pick. And free agency starts in March. The draft is in April. I know it's only the end of of January, but you kind of have to make decisions at some point. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I, I do understand that. Um, my, my thing would be is, uh, first of all, we're assuming whoever comes in doesn't like the pick. That may not be the case. Um, and I would agree with you 100% if we were going to say we're hiring a GM, but that GM is going to be held out of it. And there's two guys making this decision. We can have all the teams in place. We can have the Belichick guys here still. The people choosing this next head coach are Gerard Mayo and Robert Kraft. Not head coach, excuse me. Third round pick. Oh, the third, uh, the third round pick. They're picking it. Robert Kraft. Look, if Caleb Williams goes one and Drake May goes two, we're taking Jaden Daniels at three. I want Marvin Harrison Jr. Me too. It's not going to happen. Um, unless something – unless we can get a really reliable veteran, and I am not – I am not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Nothing personal. Stay away from – unless you want to visit and enjoy some of the fine restaurants, stay away from New England area, Jimmy. We don't need you under center for 10 minutes before you get hurt. Um, I would agree with you, but I think whoever is going to come in after the fact is going to know already what the score is. So it's not like, hey, you're here. You're responsible for this. You get no say. It's yeah. going to be like, hey, this is the team owner. This is yeah. the new coach. This was set up ahead of time. Uh, I, so we're picking this guy. This is what it is. Uh, and if you don't agree with that, that's fine. You can go your own way. But if you want to be part of this team and you agree with it, 
come be the yeah. GM of this organization. I would just say, uh, I think, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to not have the GM right now because there is so much flux in this organization right now. We don't know some of these guys. Like, we're bringing a new offensive defensive coordinator. And it looks like Belichick's sons aren't going to stay with the team. I was hoping Steve would. I know him and Mayo were close. Um, I would have liked that. I think he does good with the defense. But it's probably not going to happen. If it does, cool. It probably won't, though. And, um, you know, uh, it, it it's just, I think it, if if you don't have anybody dead set in mind for the job, I think it doesn't hurt you considering how your offense uh, off front office has been structured the last couple of years to say, we haven't had one for a few years. We've got to kind of rebuild this thing from the ground up. We have the solid coach. We'll have him put his guys in place. The owner is behind him. This is the plan that was set in motion at least a year or two ago. And then we're going to find our GM. We're going to find our guy to come in who can work with everybody. And uh, I think I think it's going to work out. I, I don't think it's bad. I hope it works out, I should say. I don't think it's bad to say, let's let some more chips fall, kind of, and then see where we are. Because we've seen it before with other teams. You have a big change, especially a head coach, and then you bring in a new GM, you bring in a new head coach. Everybody, especially this Patriots fan base. So many of these entitled people out here, this entitled fan base of ours, uh, doesn't remember the struggles and the bad teams before we drafted Bledsoe and the mediocre teams when we had him. It wasn't always greatness and Super Bowl trophies. There were some struggles and there were some rebuilds. Yep. Remember that. This isn't gonna be a not messy process. Sure, this team could draft this team could draft Jaden Daniels. He could come out and be CJ Stroud from last year. He could be Lamar Jackson from his first year start. He could be tremendous. And we could make a wild card appearance. Yeah. Okay. Still still need to work on it to be consistent. And uh I think this team's headed in the right direction. Like I said, hate seeing Coach Belichick go, but excited for the future. I really want Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. Yep. Um, I'd even be willing to give up draft capital to move up to two to get him. Maybe even one, although I don't think the Bears are going to give one up. I think they want him too. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, actually, because if they take him, if they take him at three or at one, being the Bears taking Marvin Harrison Jr. because they're going to stick with Justin Fields. Yeah. There's a lot of debate there. They stick with Fields. They go to Williams. Ah, that's just, there's so much, there's flux at the top of the draft. So it's like, what, like, the one thing I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see them have one of the top three quarterbacks on the board. And I know there's some people saying drop off between Daniels and the other two. Um, I don't want to see Harrison and Daniels there at three and have them trade back to 10 and take a guard and then go out of the first round. Like, I don't want to see that anymore. Take the talent. This team needs something to be excited about. We need something. Yep. We need a veteran throwing Marvin Harrison Jr. the ball until we get a quarterback later on and down the down the road draft wise. Even if we don't win more than four or five games, just be competitive. Be exciting. Yep. The Arizona Cardinals were not a great football team this year, but they at least had talent on that team that could make games exciting and make you wonder, hey, can they pull this off? Patriots <coughs> did not have a whole lot of that. Zappy or Mac Jones, sorry to say, are not the answer. We need to draft a quarterback. Uh, and I'm okay drafting one later in later rounds. If you got a guy you think's a good project in round three or four that isn't great, 
You want to bring a veteran in, bring him in, draft Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with that. But we need a playmaker. We need somebody to get things done and to get this fan base excited because there's a lot of sitting on their hands last year. Yep. And, uh, man, this is just – it's 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 tough to watch. It was a tough team to watch. And I love my team, man. I love the Pats. But I need someone to go, yeah, that's our guy. That's our guy. That's the guy that's going to lead us. That's yeah. the dude. Like, we have we have a couple of those guys on defense. We need someone like that on offense. I, I think – I think because Bill is gone, the percentage of them moving down is a lot lower. I, agree. I just think yeah, it's, I it's, I would almost put it at a negligible number because it's Gerard Mayo's first pick up, whether he's in, in, in the guy or not. It's Robert Kraft who. I know he he puts on a a face sometimes for the crowd, but this and I don't want to go off on a tangent, Chris. <laughs> this is the divide between the the ownerships of the the Celtics and the and the Patriots. Oh man, yeah. Between the Red Sox, like that's the divide. Like Robert Kraft was a fan before he was the owner. Yep. Um, the Boston Celtics, and and, and I'm, I know you don't follow them, but the moves they made this post this off season, after previously going to the NBA Finals and then last season going to the Eastern Conference Finals, then made aggressive moves to acquire talent. They're over the 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 cap, and potentially still making moves because their ownership only has the one championship. Yep. They want to win more. They're willing to spend because they know Celtics fans will purchase merchandise. They will support the team. So they're willing to invest because they know they're going to get a return on their investment. The owner, the ownership. Of, we we're not going to get into it, but the ownership of the Red Sox is by pitiful, far pitiful. the the worst I have ever Awful. ever seen. And and we've had some really bad ownerships groups and individuals in all sports, but because Robert is a was a fan first, um, and this is Gerard's first draft. That pick is going to be made at three. Like unless someone, unless we have a situation like you said where the Bears take Marvin Harrison, okay, I can see that situation happening because even though they have their their first round pick, which is going to be like uh, a little bit low, what it is off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's a top ten pick. Um, but they could always they could always drop back and make uh give another team an opportunity to get the quarterback and then maybe they drop the number four or number five but I think number nine you're f- number nine. Number nine, okay. Um I think as a team the Bears would benefit greatly from Marvin Harrison. That being said, if he's if Marvin's taken in the first pick by whoever and we're sitting at three 
and it's one of two guys between Jaden Daniels and Drake May and Caleb Williams. There's going to be teams, very few, because right now we're starting to get to the point where quarterbacks, there's not a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Case in point, the Bears may not need it, really don't need a quarterback, in my opinion. Um, teams might be knocking on the door saying, hey, I want to go, I want Drake May. Hey, I want Jaden Daniels. I just think the, the Patriots are going to make that selection. And if they have, if, if they're pitted with the decision between, we'll just, we'll just put it out there scenario. Caleb Williams, number one to whoever, whoever it is, uh, Drake May, number two, and the Patriots take Marvin Harrison at three. My personal opinion, you take your, your second round pick, which is the third, third, third overall pick in the third, the second round. Package it with something else. You move up four spots if the guy's there, and you take JJ McCarthy. Hmm. Hey, I I know he's getting look. He's gonna get slammed. He's gonna get slammed because of the offense he ran. The sometimes it's inaccurate throws. The guy can go off platform. The guy is mobile. Heady player. He ran a run-based offense in Michigan. So to really bring out his his passing prowess was never gonna happen in Michigan. Well just, just look at Spencer's pretty, pretty good Michigan say Vince are pretty good Michigan quarterbacks who uh didn't do so good there, did pretty good in in, in the NFL. So right. one in particular. So, uh so that's that's what I'm that's what I would do. If I were the GM, like, let me, let me ask you something. I was we'll get into this more in the off season. Yeah. Uh, say, and by the way, that trade the Bears made last year for the with Carolina turned out as good as it possibly could have for them because they're they're sitting on one again with some talent already on that team. Um, say they take Marvin Harrison Jr. at one, and just mm-hmm. pretend like the football gods have for the previous thirty years that the Washington Commanders don't exist. Um, and the Pats have the second pick, and you have Williams, Daniels, and May all sitting there on the board. You can have any of them. Who do you take? Who do you put? Because whoever you take there, if it's a quarterback, if you take a quarterback in the fourth round, it's, okay, this guy's going to be a developmental guy. You take a quarterback at three, you're telling your fan base, that's our guy. That's our guy of the future. This is the guy that's going to lead our team. Which one of those three do you feel the most secure and hitching a wagon to? Jaden Daniels. Above the other two. Above, above the other two. So I, even I, if I, even if it turns out where because look, it's gonna it's probably gonna go Williams in May. That's probably what's gonna happen. Yeah. So how now that we've gotten there, because I honestly, that was sincerely a little bit that I've seen from all of them. That was my thought too. I think he's more athletic and I think he's a better head on his shoulders. Than the other two, I think he has a better football knowledge in general too, based on what I've seen. Based on those two guys that we're now talking about potentially at three, if we yep. go, I know we want hair. I know we want Harrison. Yep. But realistically, if it goes one two quarterback, it's probably going to go three quarterback because they're not going to oh. take a chance of missing out. What is the like? 
how how disappointed would you be in comparison to they take Jaden Daniels over Marvin Harrison Jr. This would be this. I would be as disappointed as when the Patriots didn't take the opportunity to move up and be aggressive and get Justin Fields when Justin was uh, okay coming out. So, and I was disappointed because I thought, yep, yeah, everything was lining up. Is like, yes, they can make a, a one move, move up, boom, they can get Justin Fields. There's their answer. There's their quarterback of the future. He has all the tools, and he's he's the he is the proto the new prototypical quarterback of the future, where he can get out of the pocket. Make some plays on his with his feet, and he also can pass the ball. And you so, just have to refine some of those skills. Jane Daniels can do that. I would be disappointed because, as much as I think Jaden Daniels can be successful, and does he need to work on things? Absolutely. I, I look at Marvin Harrison different because. He literally was the reason why Ohio State was in, in the conversation. Okay. Why they were undefeated going into the Michigan game. Why they were where they were. Like, Kyle McCord, for, for all the crap he got, like, there were many plays where he just looked bad. But you put it anywhere in the circumference of Marvin Harrison – I mean, he's going to get the ball. Like, so all, CJ, go ahead. All things being equal, quarterback wise, Daniels is your guy, but definitely Marvin Harrison Jr. is your yeah, target, hundred percent. Because I, I think, I think he's generational. Like, that's what I think he is. Like, we're not, we're talking about pedigree, All right, You have to, you oh, have yeah, to look yeah, at that right. pedigree. Yeah. He's got the pedigree. He went to God. This is I'm. A, Prepare yourself. I may throw up when I say this. <laughs> he went to a school where they are producing wide receivers, top tier wide receivers, at a at a clip of like at least one a year. Um, and I just think what I've seen firsthand, because uh, this year it really wasn't a factor because uh, the the Wolverines played um, Will Johnson on Marvin Harrison for the most part, and Will Johnson's going to be Will Johnson's going to be a top ten pick next year. Watch that; he's a cornerback. Um, okay. Also wears number two. Just saying. Yeah, there you um, go. Good legacy. Um, but even last year, um, last year against uh, Michigan, like CJ was throwing CJ. CJ and, and, and Marvin were, were making it interesting for a little while in that game. He was he was hitting crossers on Marvin Harrison. He dropped some dimes in the bucket to Marvin Harrison. That's why that's why I wasn't concerned about CJ because I saw what he did. And even when you go to the the college football playoffs last year when they would face Georgia, remember Georgia only won because of a missed field goal. And it wasn't like it wasn't a long one. It was a, it was a fairly chip shot kind of field goal. 
and they shanked it, and that would have won the game. So right, right. It's not like Georgia went out there and, and bust the doors off Ohio State. CJ and Marvin Harrison put on a show. So, well, I think this kid just can t- – it, it, it's like when we say a quarterback is so good, Marvin, uh, Patrick Mahomes can turn talent and, and bring them up a level, just like mm-hmm. Tom Brady could. Yep. I think Marvin has that skill set as a wide receiver because he's a he's a pure route runner. He's got the speed. He he has the great hands. This is a guy you want you can put him in there day one. He's gonna win rookie of the year. He has the potential to be all pro in his first season. And as long as you're a team, and this is where they made the mistake this year as opposed to last year. Where if you're a team and you can move Marvin Harrison around the line, put him in motion, put him in the slot, put him in bunch formations, so that way you're a team you can't key in on him, because that's where that's where Ohio State kind of fell apart, is that if you could key on him and lock him down either with a good corner or you played like Bill Belichick would um, do to to um, Tyreek Hill. How, how, how does Bill take care of Tyreek Hill? Puts one man on him and a uh, safety over top. Yep. yep. That's 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 how you handle Marvin Harrison. But I, this, even if you do that, he's still, still going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> still going to his numbers. That's why. That's we will why definitely... I want him. I, I, I don't disagree. I, honestly, I, I, I'd i be less disappointed than you would be if we had Daniels only because I want that franchise quarterback. But It'd be awesome to have a stud receiver, like a, like a, a top guy again. Um, but we will definitely discuss this further as the offseason progresses. Uh, we get closer to the uh, free agency uh, period and the draft. And uh, without some of Ben's other uh, distractions, um, yeah. I, should, well, I shouldn't phrase it that way. It sounds like I'm knocking you. It's <laughs> not a knock. No, no, but a, uh, without other, other concerns, uh, we can probably count on a uh, a pretty good draft season this year. Uh, yep. from from uh, Mr. Ben. So I think uh, anything else, you're good. I'm all set, man. All right, man. If uh, you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can I get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben at Chris Duck Sports. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Duck Sports. And if you have not done so yet and feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and <laughs> ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next time. Thank you.